Hey, guess who's back? Here we are. <laughs> Episode special, 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 season two. In your mouth, in your face, in your lap. Here we go. So, there's so much going on in the world right now. We could not go another day without giving you guys what you want, what you need in your life. Travel guru. Liz. Hey, Liz. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. That was quite the intro for me just to go, hi. But like you have much more of the presence when you're doing the intro. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> yeah, but you're like the the heart of the show. I'm just a guy. Like if the show, someone said, like, man, you should do a show by yourself. Why? That show would suck. You could. Do, you I could absolutely that. do a whole thing by yourself. It would be very. It would be um, traveling depressed. I don't know what would you call it. So um, anyway, no, here we go. First of all, you have an amazing life. You were very casually dropping in before we dropped in on the show. And you were sharing with me how you started your day or you're in your day because, right, there's a seven hour difference. You're in España yeah. right now living your best La Vida Loca. And you were talking about you were doing what right now? Oh, I took the stand up paddle board out into the ocean because it's a nice day and why not? And uh, you thought I was crazy because I was out there for three hours. But I also have the kayak attachment for it. So it's easy to just, like, take this thing out. And how it relates to travel, I'm going to just drop this in here because I didn't even tell you this. But, like, it's, a, it's an inflatable stand-up paddleboard. So you roll it up into a backpack, and you can just take it wherever you want with you. <laughs> and then blow it up, and then it has a kayak seat attachment on it. So I took it out, and I was standing up and paddling around and then when you know like the parts that got a little bit rougher the wind was coming up a bit then i could just like chill sit down and relax and float so Get your great float way to on. start the day anybody who is uh if you don't live near somewhere with water where you can be out on a lake or the ocean if you get the chance to travel and vacation somewhere that has it i highly recommend just getting on the water and doing something like that because it's always been a good addition to any of my travels it's just it's peaceful it's peaceful yeah i love hearing that it, it does intimidate me though um you know because the stand-up board it seems like you have to have a strong core and i'm weak core man so um no you're not but you also that reminds me of your kayaking adventure oh yes 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 you um, did do that some years ago yeah, I did. Actually, uh, two years ago, like I went through uh, West Palm because I'm a, a player from the Himalaya and uh, I went on a work trip and we had to go from um, West Palm to uh, Peanut Island, which is not far at all. But for me, it was scary as hell. Like I was uh, I was freaking <laughs> out the whole time. And, I just told um, you you needed to spend more time on the water. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you were you were proud of me and impressed. So I, I didn't, was. I was I didn't share how much. Fear was in my heart. Oh, I felt it though. I no, could, no, 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 no. Yeah, and it was I for a good fear, reason too. I, like your your voice was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna let her know I didn't like this, but like I did not like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was um, I was a, I was a hot, I was a hot mess inside, and uh, I was freaking out. That was pretty funny. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, we initially wanted to do a show here about something that 
you know, Liz took part, take, partook in. Uh, but we can't go on and not acknowledge what recently happened in Morocco. Uh, they had an earthquake yeah. there. Um, they're even having, uh, you know, aftershocks that they're dealing with. And the death toll has surpassed over 2,000 people, which is um, horrible. The magnitude of the, um, the earthquake was uh, 6.8. And uh, the aftershock they had in Morocco on Sunday, uh, you know, yeah, 6.8. And uh, the earthquake aftershock was uh, 3.9, which, again, might not sound like much, but you got to be you got to keep in mind, you know, when things are already displaced and they're doing searches, the searches are underway. They're looking for people. Um, they're like in a 30 mile stretch in the south of Murak. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy right now. And a lot of the things that happened and caused so much damage was because the conditions of the buildings, you know, and you had a right. lot of um, beautiful natural things that they even explained. They really couldn't go in there and fortify them as being earthquake safe because they're, you know, they're so old. You know, the architecture and the the beauty and the history is what makes it unique in Morocco. Uh, but at the same time, it's caused the problems we're seeing right now. So, Liz, I know that we recently did one of my favorite specials um, and shows that we discussed Morocco. You going there? And uh, I was actually, because I'm a hater, I was questioning the fact that so many people, one of the number one searches on Yahoo right now is uh, people seeing if it's safe to travel to Morak, which to me seemed insensitive. But you explained to me why that um, doesn't surprise you. It doesn't surprise me. But hold on, let me back up before I go down like a rabbit hole over here. Uh, one thing you were touching on the fact that like a three point something after shock might not seem like such a big deal but you have to take into account what you were saying the condition of the buildings this isn't california where everything is regulated and meant to be up to earthquake standards right i grew up in california if a 3.9 hits anywhere where i lived in the bay area or san diego no one cares it does not stop your day and it, it probably doesn't even make the news however in i've been to morocco a couple times and the buildings are not rated for this. So the first thing that shook me <laughs> uh, nice. was that after this was that that the level of damage, the extent of the damage is going to be exponentially worse than what we would consider it being somewhere in a earthquake prone zone in America. They're just not rated for that. No, and no, then definitely. Have aftershocks coming through when everything's already just, you know, rattled around to high heaven. And it's especially like Marrakesh is a, you know, really strong historical area. There's a lot of old architecture there that they're not going to mess with because of the historical facts. And now, of course, like, Downtown Marrakesh was not what was hit the hardest. That's not where the um, the largest amount of damage was done. It's out in um, Alta or Ultra, um, something like that. I sorry everybody that I'm just butchering that word, um, whatever the name of it was. But uh, it's out in the mountains, a little bit out, and so like that's where it's even more unstable because it's not the big tourist zone. So they don't have as much funding. They don't have as much uh, government um, subsidy coming through to help build up that area because it's it's a much poorer area, and so it doesn't it doesn't uh, surprise me at all uh, that people who are already planning to go there, or who have family there, who have trade there, 
uh, you know, a lot of people from Spain and, and all over Europe go there regularly. It doesn't surprise me at all that people were looking up, is it safe to go to Marrakesh? Because I don't think these are new people that are searching it out. Like, oh my God, I've never heard of this place. Now let me figure it out. I think it's people who already had it on their radar. And the, and the big reason that comes to mind is my god sister, Laura, is going to be there in a couple weeks. We were just on the phone the night before talking about her and her friends going to Marrakesh specifically. They're going into Casablanca. They're going to Rabat. They're going to Marrakesh, all this stuff. And we're talking about her whole trip. And um, and uh, and then I get to, coincidentally, I get to go to Ibiza. So that's a whole other travel adventure we can talk about later uh, with her. But, you know, I woke up in the morning thinking that it was a dream. You know, like maybe I, maybe I just wasn't thinking clearly when I was reading my phone and it seemed like it was a dream that I was thinking of her trip and that she was there and there was an earthquake. And then I just had to kind of focus a little bit and realize, no, this was a real event that just happened essentially when I was on the phone with her actually, because, you know, because it was delayed a couple hours from me seeing the news. And so I think it's just a big thing that's going to impact their entire region for quite a long time but i'm not surprised that it came up in travel notifications and travel news about people looking into whether or not it's safe to go there or should they go there or what the implications are for doing that yeah no i mean that's fair to say and of course i was looking at everything with a negative lens so great for you to be on here to give that balance and that clarification on, hey, you know, people are looking into it from a different perspective. Maybe there are some that are um, just curious, but there's actually no purpose behind it. And now, as you were speaking too, I was thinking there's also some good people that maybe want to go there and help, you know, maybe want to go there and be a part of the search and rescue and the rebuild and, and maybe help their families because they have family members and friends there. Who knows? So um, I, I do uh, say seriously that my heart goes out and I hate that that happened. I've been through our earthquake. You know, I, I joked about, you know, um, yes. earthquake lovers and going through that experience and, you know, people grabbing asses and, and all the thing, but earthquakes are no <laughs> joke. I mean, I know well, for myself and we'll talk more about that. You need, no, you've talked about this on the show before. So do a synopsis just so everybody remembers your, <laughs> your experience with your, your own earthquake situation during travel. Yeah. Nonetheless. Right. So I was in the Val Philippines. Uh, shout out to them. And um, yeah, beautiful city, you know, really nice. And and respectfully, I was in a um, an area where it was part of downtown, but I wasn't in the most secure structure. So, you know, it was a big earthquake there as well. I think about the same magnitude of 6.8, 6.9. I know it was under seven. But when you're in earthquake, numbers don't matter. The only number that matters is one, yourself. Get yourself out of there. And it was extremely okay. scary. People you know, yelling, screaming, grabbing. Um, you're just trying to get out of there. I was looking for my colleague at the time, grabbed her by the arm and threw her out of there. Um, you know, my opportunity to <laughs> inflict violence on her. Uh, no, joke. Um, Stop joke. it. But yeah, seriously, um, we made it out of there. Um, but literally, you are um shaken pun not intended and it is uh emotionally jarring to go through a situation like that we were the out internet or way to contact anybody for like three hours uh, maybe two hours no one could you know get in contact with us which was scary 
you know, power was out. The lights were out. We weren't allowed to get into our hotel, which is the Marco Polo, uh, which was the only and tallest structure within the city at that time, because it's the only one that actually has the um, the building structure of a earthquake building to be above a certain height. And it actually had the um, cause a lot of hotel, not just hotels, but a lot of structures in San Francisco. They'll have the uh, the rollers like the iron rollers. This hotel had that, you know, so um which helps it, you know, sway so it can combat the, the shaking from the ground, um, which is good in you know, theory. And it, it does work, obviously. It keeps it from, you know, crumbling apart and breaking apart and uh, it keeps itself balanced. But I'll say this, man, when you're in that, because at night I was thinking I could not sleep. I was laying in the bed, eyes wide open, looking at the ceiling, praying to God. And you just imagine like you're in your um, your building is swaying like heavily, not just in your mind. It wasn't just the alcohol, like it was swaying heavily. And I know sure. for a fact, a lot of people were just in the, the lobby, just hanging out there uh, talking. I'm talking about hundreds of people just in the, the lobby. Um, obviously they had to shut it down. They had a, a bar there too, in a restaurant. Um, and no one wanted to be upstairs because you know, it was, it was, a uh, it was scary. Right. So I knew for myself, because they did have other aftershocks. And I know that was a scary thing too, because the aftershocks after that were um, almost as strong as the earthquake itself. Like they were, in fact, they were actually calling it three simultaneous earthquakes, you know, back to back. The uh, aftershocks were that strong. So it was a very scary situation. And um, which we'll talk about later on, you know, would I ever go back? No, no disrespect. I love the Philippines, but <laughs> the vow will oh, never ever see me again like you know it, it shook me that bad so i'm sure there's other people that feel that same way or maybe not even necessarily being there let's say that they had you know someone that was impacted like a family member that was hurt or god forbid killed you know you're you're scarred by that so you know my heart does go out to anybody into yeah. any natural disaster and being in you know one myself especially being away from home and so many unknown things that's it's very very uh, very scary. And ironically, that night, um, the company that we were helping support, they were having um, like their Christmas party because it was right. during it was during Christmas, their Christmas party. And, you know, they threw down, as always, in the Philippines. They're so talented. And, and it was an amazing experience. And it gave me a chance to kind of escape and also a chance to get out of my room, because, like I said, it was scary. I mean, when I was in my room, what every time. Bro, what I, I can't, oh, you got I can't me. take it anymore. I'm really in, in pain. God, if you listen, hell! Every single time it's swayed. So, um, okay. yeah, it's a bad business. Oh. But again, um, gotta respect Mother Nature. There's definitely no joke out there. But, you know, yeah. speaking of mothers, hey, you like that transition? That was a great transition. I will get, one second. I think it's uh, Atlas Mountain. Sorry. I, it was really tripping me up that I couldn't remember the proper name because I was saying Alta and Ultra and those are the names of like some shoes that I have. So I felt bad <laughs> about that. I was like, I think it's Atlas, the Atlas Mountains from Morocco. Okay. No, no, um, no. Which I should have known because that's the name of my Jeep. My Jeep's name is Atlas. So I should have known that. But <clears throat> okay. Back to Mothers. What we were going to talk about um, leads into like people... Uh, with like Morocco, you were saying like, oh, why would people be looking at Morocco right now? Well, because there's a lot of regional travel in 
northern Africa, because Morocco is like right on the edge of Europe, right? Right. <clears throat> it is Africa, but there's a lot of European travel down there, which is why it's on my radar, because I live like an hour and a half from Africa at this point in time. And so um, I've noticed a lot of regional travel for things that in the U.S. we would just not really do as much. Or I guess just there's a lot, it's more heightened because it's a Catholic nation um, and a lot of people take these regional holidays, which are mostly based off Catholic holidays, um, and they just go everywhere. So my little tiny fishing village is Chipiona, and our patron saint is the Virgin Mary. And it happened to be her birthday. And so we had a 3D celebration, September 6, 7, 8, uh, for her birthday, where there was a festival, there were bands every night, uh, processions. We had a big procession. Friday, Saturday, Friday night on the 8th, right? Yeah, Friday night leading into Saturday morning with fireworks starting Saturday at 12.30 in the morning. So Friday night to Saturday morning switchover, right? Um, and I'm not Catholic, so I do not understand any of this. It's like, I mean, I've been here for a year and a half and just every single time something comes around, it's news to me. I have to learn about whatever it is. And I like it. It's fun to me. I enjoy it. And, you know, a lot of other people are like, you're not Catholic. What does this matter? And because it's everywhere. You're immersed in it. It's to me, it's really fun to learn about what everybody else is doing and to see the way that the culture is so amped up by this the way that families come together, the way that people are trying. I swear to God, people go all over the country to go visit these different cities with their different patron saints and their, their holiday for that region, just all over. It's crazy. So we had this immense influx of people. Again, I thought we were done because summer was supposed to be over. Okay. It's not July. It's not August. We're supposed to be done. I'm supposed to get back to my tiny little sleeping village with not a lot of people in it. Cause we go from a little under 16,000, I think it's 15,700 people that are permanent residents during summer. We were at like 135,000. Okay. So a lot, all of them were supposed to go home and leave me alone. <laughs> And then like, go home, get your kids back to school, get out of my little town so I can walk down the street without it taking 45 minutes. Then this happens and I'm like, God, there's another holiday. There's always another holiday in Spain. It, it's just got to be something. So then I went down a rabbit hole and you're going to have to just ride along with the story here, Sean, because I understand that it's flawed logic. So I call it flogic. I understand that and I acknowledge it to begin with. But I'm just letting you know, this is how I ran through the story in my head. I find out that the reason why we have a three-day holiday in my little town and why all these people are still traveling here and running around is because it's the Virgin Mary's birthday. First of all, how do they know this? I want to know where it says, if somebody who's listening right now wants to tell me where in the Bible it tells me where Mary's birthday is, I would really like to know because I've read that thing and I don't know. 
And I Googled and I couldn't, I found an answer on Google, but it wasn't a passage or a verse. So that didn't, that was not conclusive. Okay. It was just what the church said. It was a statement by the church. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? I can see so, why you're confused. That is confusing. But continue, please. I was please. confused because, first of all, I mean, also, to be fair, the Bible does not say that Jesus was born on December 25th either. Give me a moment. I'll get back to that. My point is, though, just give me a second. I see you looking at me. Just give me a second. I'm getting there. All right. So, first of all, we have how do we know when Mary's birthday is? All right. Well, somebody, not somebody on Google, just a person on that is a part of like uh, one of the Facebook groups that I'm in that we were just all talking about it in general and trying to throw ideas back and forth. They, they told me that their understanding was that it was based off of nine months precisely before the immaculate conception. I was like, so now we are basing her birthday off of the immaculate conception. How do we know that exactly either? And then they went into it's magic. It apparently it's Jesus magic. And then <laughs> it's Jesus magic. And then on top of that, the immaculate conception was supposed to be calculated to be nine months before Jesus's birthday. When every woman knows that a pregnancy is 40 weeks, which is 10 months. So that's off by a month. We're already having bad math, okay? So is her birthday off by a month? Is the conception off by a month? Is his birthday off by a month? Like the birth of Christ? I don't even know. Then the, then once they said that, then I went down another rabbit hole of, okay, but now we're basing this off of Jesus being born on December 25th, which is not accurate because anybody who follows history knows that uh, Constantine put together his calendar, which is based off of the lunar calendar and off of paganism and everything else. He put his calendar together with the Christian calendar to merge the two into one so that their holidays and their traditions would become meshed together so that it was trying his way of bringing people together and trying to merge the, like the various, offsets of catholic and like uh lutheran was kind of gonna be coming out there and stuff like that like merge all that shit together excuse ah now we are getting censored okay merge all of that together into one calendar so that there was less divisiveness when it came to holidays and celebrations so now working backward from this now we've moved jesus's birthday when arguably by any historian he was born in spring. Okay, now we've moved that to December 25th, which everybody knows is wrong. Then on top of that, we're going to go calculate backward from that, the Immaculate Conception. And then backward from that, we're going to get Mary's birthday to where I am now sitting here in a Catholic nation at, at a Catholic cathedral celebrating Mary's birthday on not her birthday by any means. And I went down such a rabbit hole over this just to get to the bottom of the literature that was released by the church that says, don't worry, we understand that these dates are not historically accurate. It's just for the purpose of celebration. 
So I had to just shut up because I had nothing else to say at that point. I was about to go off. And then they're like, we have nothing to substantiate this. It's just a celebration. Have fun. I'm like, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's a lot to process right there. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, when you start getting into dates and in the chronological orders of things and why things are done and for what purpose, they summed it up at the end. It's for celebration. It's for acknowledgement and recognition. Uh, because I know the thing that I was a big takeaway for me when you initially told me about it and you gave me some links to share, um, you know, some insight on what I thought about it. I, I was kind of short circuited by the three day thing, like where the three days came from, you know, what was the significance of that? Cause I'm always thinking in terms of things have a symbolic purpose, you know, they're there for a reason. No, it's just like you said, a celebration. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's party. And, uh, but the thing is I do also want to focus on too that, okay. So it's the recognition acknowledgement of Mary's birthday and aligning it with the uh, conception date. That's fine. I'll, I'll give you that. But it's, I love what you were saying as far as like the people and the family aspect and the support they're showing. And, um, yeah. you know, that, no, that was, that was really fun. I'm going to post pictures later too. Yeah. And uh, I saw a lot of posts and comments that were referencing the, the mayor. So I did kind of want your insight on that because you live there and, you know, I'm not familiar with, you know, uh, you know, Spain outside of the things that you share with me, but it seems like the, the mayor has a lot more leverage and uh, autonomy to control the things that are happening on a much grander scale than even here to me. Like, as far as like, um, if you're controlling holidays, <laughs> that's pretty impactful okay. you know, and how they're being celebrated and recognized. I mean, that kind of took me back that he has the ability to do that on that grander scale. So um, have you experienced that where you feel like these areas like um, Chipiona and, is that is that common what you're seeing outside of just this, you know, particular event? I don't know that it is as common in other cities. What I will say is that I've met our mayor several times and I like this little guy. I am one of his like biggest supporters. I think he's done a lot of great things for our city. Um, he's really trying to make positive changes for, because I call it my little sleepy fishing village, right? But it really is. It's a small area that does not have big things going through it. We don't have a freeway. We don't have large areas for people to gather. We don't have any of these major things like Madrid or Barcelona or something like that for people to put it, you know, to put us on their radar and make us the big thing for them to go see which drives tourism and everything else, right? Unemployment here is incredibly high. And so the tourism industry uh, is, is really a, a bloodline to the area. And what he's been trying to do is create ways to educate other places nearby and other people nearby on the special aspects of our city. So one thing to that, to this point is, well, if the Virgin Mary is our patron saint, right? Because different cities have different ones. It's not the same for everywhere. Well, then he wants to highlight that. Why shouldn't that be special? Why shouldn't that be noticed by more people who want to participate and want to do things? Because religion is such an a huge, amazing part 
of family life here. He wanted to make more people realize, hey, Chipiona has this. Why don't you go there for those three days for the 6th, 7th, and 8th of September? Why don't you go participate? If you live somewhere close, why don't you go do that and make that your family activity for a couple of days instead of going and doing whatever else you're going to do for that last weekend before school starts for the kids or something, right? Go do this instead. Spend your time here. Spend your money here. Come see us. And he's made a really big push for a lot of small things like that to uh, have other people recognize the unique attributes that Chipiona has to be able to like bring in that extra, uh, you know, that extra time with those families and those people to, to give us a little boost in our economy. No, and that's important, you know, got to keep things moving forward, especially, you know, it's, it's tough to keep people motivated when they don't have money, they get discouraged and, that's when they get, you know, um, um, you know, swaying to do things that aren't in the best interest of themselves or other people. Um, you know, another thing that they did too, that was organized by the mayor that I appreciated. I don't think we even talked about it here. Um, but I thought it was awesome. You shared with me offline was the, uh, the turtles, the sea turtles. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a couple months ago. Yep. Uh, so we had a couple of, uh, because we have a shipping route that goes past Chipiona into San Lucar and it goes up to Sevilla, right? And it goes it like way into Sevilla. And um, that shipping route, you know, it happens with sea turtles. It happens with whales. It happens with a lot of marine life where they get, the animals get kind of thrown off course with the shipping, with the, the boats that are coming through um, over and over again. And so they ended up setting up a rescue for sea turtles in Chipiona. And we had a couple that had been rehabbed for the better part of a year. And we did a release party and he set that up. So again, that goes back to, we're already going to do this, but he's trying to make it a community event. Not only does it raise money for the rescue effort, right? Because now more people are aware that the community is doing this and people were donating to it and they were coming together to like, not just donate money, but resources, time, volunteer, everything. And all he did was say, what we're, what we're going to do is we're going to set up a day and time where we just tell people when we're going to be walking the turtles back into the water. That's it. It was already something that was going to happen anyway. So all he had to do was say, we're just going to put it on Facebook. We're going to put it in the news. That's it. And allow people to feel involved. And that exponentially increased the amount of volunteers, donations for time, money, and resources um, with what? A couple of social media posts. That's it. Yeah, no, definitely. I remember thinking to myself, you know, if there was ever an opportunity where I could, you know, be a part of something like that, whether they did something, mm -hmm. you know, here that how much my kids would love it and like the ultimate, um, not just oh, family, yeah, we were community, there. community we building. Were, we community. were right up at the front watching it. Yeah, it, it looked amazing. So shout out to him. And, um, you know, it's a positive thing. And I did kind of want to continue on with that thing of family and talking about, you know, culture and cruelty and getting into that whole thing because, you know, again, once again, there's some things that obviously are done differently and handled differently 
you know, from where we're at Western culture and, you know, what, you know, Liz grew up in with Western culture and how things are perceived around the world. I'm constantly being told, and I've experienced it, it's true, in um, you know, Latin America, in, um, you know, the Philippines and, you know, parts of the world, how important family is and how they do so much for their family and they sacrifice for a family. Um, you know, they, they work hard. You know, they work an honest living. But that's the thing. Not all of them are doing an honest living. You know, some of them are doing things that are, well, you know, questionable. You know, they're they're doing things that are that's based on culture. They're doing things, yeah, based off culture, but you know, some are doing things that are just point blank um criminal. <laughs> you know, so you have things that are, you know, whether you could go down the scale as far as your um, morality, you know, and I'm not judging anybody, you know, clearly I have my own faults. I have many faults. Um, but in terms of how I perceive things, because a lot of the validation that you hear of why they're involved with, you know, crime, you know, whether it be, you know, a uh, drug trade or if they're doing something um, <clears throat> where they're maybe being manipulative or misleading people and taking advantage of people's, you know, kindness because they're doing it for their families. So I'm always kind of to the mindset of, well, you know, you give them a pass because I'm a family person. And to some degrees, you got to hold yourself accountable. Like, you know, I know my grandmother, rest in peace. You know, when I would give her a reason of why I messed up, she would always hit me with, well, whose fault is that? You know, and that's always stuck with me. You know, if something goes wrong, you know, you, people can only do what you allow them to do. So if you get caught up in something that's, um, were you taken advantage of? You know, were you not looking at all the signs? Did you um, only see what you wanted to see? Did you not truly immerse yourself in reality? <laughs> you know, you get caught up so much into what you want it to be to where you believe that's, that's you know, the truth when actually you're just looking at a lie and, and looking for something that's not there. You know, and, and that happens. So what I'm speaking directly to, and not just talking code and veil language is, um, um, sex workers right so in, in terms of um <laughs> the way that you just had to like go i'm gonna stop for a second before i say this next one <laughs> yeah i like doing that. dramatic effect uh, dramatic effect liz sex workers dramatic effect <laughs> sex workers well i think and additionally let's put that into sex tourism sex tourism let's go there that's, all right that's so yeah because i a think lot of that's the way that it really ties in is like these various cultures have uh, levels where like mm, people will look the other way if you're participating in this or not. And right. then there's the sex tourism on top of that, which fuels it though. Right. I think that's what fuels it. I think if it was sequestered to local people only, I don't think it would uh, have the effect that it does. No, not not at all. That's a great the point. Lure of this person from this, you know, like whatever fetish location you have, right? Like whatever culture or whatever like background you're thinking that this other man or woman has, and that you can just go and fulfill your fantasy with a couple clicks of a button. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and that's the thing, because the Internet has opened up the world, you know, literally, no pun intended. Whoa. 
uh, to where people can uh, interact with one another. And that's created avenues of um, revenue. And a lot of countries are seeing this, whether they overtly or inadvertently admit that, you know, they have, you know, online, you can, hell, you can buy a person, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's out there. And it's also scary too, because, you know, you have a lot of countries where, man, you talk about a rabbit hole that you got to make sure you got to be careful where you go into how scary it is. You know, I was looking into um, the sex trade and sex workers like in Colombia and a big thing that happens there. Yeah. Obviously uh, prostitution's legal. Um, you know, they have the casas, which are the, you know, the brothels, they have the uh, strip clubs, which are pretty much brothels where they parade themselves. And then they have, um, you know, just the regular clubs where pretty much, you know, the employees are available, quote unquote. But then they have a their actual most sought out where the big money comes in, going to what Liz is referring to, is where the cartels and the groups, because they've gotten out of the drug trade per se, in that void that, you know, has been filled with, you know, extortion, you know, uh, kidnapping and selling of virgins right and sex trade so that's crazy so basically what they do is they manipulate take advantage of these young girls and they sell them to the highest bidder so it's crazy so a lot of these studios that support like the strippers uh, prostitutes the cam girls all that stuff you know their their big revenue drawing is going to be the women or young ladies that they get you know that are basically Virgin, then they're manipulated and told that they're going to get this and that and get all this money and sell to, well, uh, wealthy foreigners. You know, I don't want to put it on one country and another. So, man, that would just made me sick hearing that. So where yeah. I go with all that is, but the reason how they're convinced to do that, you know, the young ladies, obviously, oh, well, they're, you know, um, they're easily convinced or swayed because they're told about the money. They're told about the opportunity they can to help their families, right? So I'm always looking at yeah. the root cause. Okay, so yeah, you can't have, you know, people coming there if there's no one to go to. So how are these families, and I'm saying all of them, but obviously a lot of them, they're turning the other way and they're allowing this to happen. I'm sure a lot of them don't like it, but at the same time, it's happening at such a, a high rate. So often it's it's really, really sad. And as a, a parent, you know, a, a father of you know many, you know, you know, I have two daughters. Your two own little daughters. tribe over there. Right. Yeah. Making it happen over here, tribe hicks, is that it's uh <laughs> it's depressing, you know, it's it's heartbreaking, you know, to see that being done and to these young ladies being taken advantage of and young men too. Uh, that they're being taken advantage of and their family profiting from it. Now, here's another thing, too. It's not just where they're just getting, oh, well, they're being, you know, accommodated and they're they're getting financed as far as to make their ends meet. I mean, they're, you know, they're buying, um, you know, cars and they're expanding their lifestyle. You know, they're going on trips. So well, I guess if you get to that point where that's acceptable for you, you know, if that's an acceptable profession, then... Why would I don't know? It doesn't resonate with me personally, but 
But I, but thinking about it purely from a business aspect, if you decide to go into a profession, blank statement, then why would you settle for mediocre when you could be hitting six figures and like buying nice gifts and getting nice cars and getting a house and all of this? Who's going to stop? That's a good point. So you're saying you're not going to um, sit there at entry level and be like, oh, I think I want to be a part time entry level person at fill in the blank location, whatever business, like whatever company you're going to say, look, I've already committed myself to this industry. I've committed myself to this uh, career path. I may as well max it out. Right. So, yeah, you're saying if you're in it. Uh, you might as well win it. You might as well go for it. And you've, make already, you've already like decided that that's what's acceptable to you. Hmm. You're already saying it's fine. It's not there to just make ends meet. You're, will, you're willing to just be in this world now, whether it's politics or, or, sex workers or whatever right like the right. point is like if you've decided that this is acceptable to you and you're just and this isn't you're making it a career then why would you at that point i i can see why people would go full throttle you've already agreed in your mind like this is what is happening why wouldn't you get the most out of it right no I, hey, that's a valid point you know, and that's the thing, you know. Um, so, yeah, once the decision has been made, I don't know how much is communicated between, you know, the family, if it's a family discussion or that individual has just made that decision and then they advise the family. I'm sure that's probably most of it what it happens. If a decision is already made, you got to go with it. You know, if you're going to deal with the quote unquote family shame of, you know, delaying the fact of having a traditional family or what is a, considered a, a nuclear family and, you know, going with this lifestyle, whatever. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Fuck it. You have to go ahead and really go all in and immerse yourself and get as much as you can. So you can reset yourself later in life and, you know, do whatever and, and get past this moment. If you, in fact, do, you know, um, you have to reward yourself. And that's all of us, you know. Um, so that's an interesting perspective. I was. Well, OK, but think about this. OK, because we had also been talking about like other uh, like kind of darker shades of uh business propositions how many stories do you ever hear about somebody who decided to sell drugs for only like a thousand dollars a month you That's know what a I great mean? point yeah like no. how many people do you ever hear is like oh you know i knew i could get my hands on like a little bit of this and a little bit of that but i wanted to stay under the radar i'm pretty clean I wanted to mostly stay on the up and up, right? And I didn't want to bring too much attention to myself. So I only got like a couple hundred dollars once in a while, a few times a year. No, either you did it and then you're like, all right, this is not worth my time or the risk, right? Or what's going to happen to myself uh, financially? What's going to happen if I get caught in criminal justice system right. what's going to happen if my family and friends or spouse or significant other finds out or my children how's it going to impact them either somebody gets into it a little bit and goes nope this is not smart need to back off or they go well <laughs> we're in it so let's 
might as well go. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. And that happens here, Western culture for sure. Yeah, no one's going there, you know, just hoping to pull away, you know, a, yeah, a modern of anarchy, income. okay? Watch yeah. it. Yeah. No, 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 you're you're right. You know, people are going in there, they're going there to win and to uh to build their quote unquote empires for sure. So whether it's off their their um their choices, the drug trade or you know, sex tourism or you know, being a sex worker. And like you said, some countries they view it definitely differently, where because they're like, Hey, we're getting a lot of money from this. So they're um, you know, taxing them, they're going ahead and they're both of these right right like that just popped into my head because like amsterdam is a very big place for uh sex tourism as well as uh you know like participating in things that in america would that would not be necessarily legal like smoking weed and well i mean some places it is for us but not on a federal level you get my point the point is Amsterdam, anything goes. So like that, the the culture and the attitude out there about sex and drugs and what's legal, what's illegal, what's considered acceptable by your friends and family members, right? What's acceptable as a career is completely different. That also draws in a lot of travel because if it's legal there and it's not legal for us, that's where you go. No, you're right. I mean, hey, you know, uh, I know I was joking with my little cousin because his and him and his friends wanted to go to Amsterdam and he was saying he wanted to go there. Red light district and go smoke weed. Good Lord. Yeah. He was trying to convince us he wanted to go see the yeah. windmills and, and make wood shoes. So I bet, sir, oh, while okay. you're high. Tell him to stay away from that windmill. He can get smacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get so, too high. You're about to get high. It's going to throw you right on up in the air. Absolutely. So another thing that I was jokingly saying on the, like the last two episodes of season one is that I was going to, um, you know, eventually find my soulmate. Ex-wife. Future ex-wife in the house. So I thought that it'd be great for me to partake in and go into, you know, hey, eventually I'm going to go to the Philippines. I was targeting December or January of next year and, uh, you know, seeing what's happening. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Uh, like the forward thinking brother that I am, let me go ahead and plant that seed <laughs> and let me go ahead and have somebody. So when I hit the ground running, I can hit the ground running. If you know what I mean? Wow. I learned so much oh, about myself no. and the world. This, I learned a lot about you right there too. This is a dark place, right? So man, and you know, because we are good friends and we talk travel and it's travel related. I did share it with Liz and help enlighten her of that. <laughs> wow. So I downloaded the app. I'm not going to say the app. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. And plus, I don't want to promote them on any level. But no, um, I would a, also not promote them. Yeah, it's a, it's a Filipino dating app. And honestly, I went on there with like the total honest intentions of just, hey, you know, meeting, you know, women going on there. Hey, how you doing? Um, you know, meeting nice individuals. I'm a nice person, you know, and I'm, I'm very transparent on what I have and what I don't have. So it would be fine. Boy, was I wrong. This place <laughs> is the gates of hell personified. I mean, it is insane. Okay, so oh. here's what I'll go ahead and say. Philippines, I love you. Beautiful women. However. But, however, you guys need to check yourselves because this <laughs> app and similar dating apps, and this is the thing, it was rated high, you know, like I don't know who's rating it. 
the I'm other gonna... guys who were okay with what you're about to yeah, say. So here's the thing. Like, and this goes to uh because I appreciate and, and love Liz so much because she keeps it real with me. She said she doesn't feel sorry for any guys that fall for this straight up. No, yeah. I do not. Not at all. Right. So I share with her some of the messages and the messages are basically, I'll go ahead and say it. They'll say their name, their age. Um, and they'll you let should them... read one. Obviously, don't say any personal information about the other. Not that anybody can track them down. You should read one. I don't know if I can read not, one. None of them are short. None of them are short. That's first of all. They're okay. short enough. Let me see if I can try to read one. They are short enough. Me. I'm just saying, people need a real world example of what these people no, are just saying. Laugh again. I'm here wanna... to tell anybody who's listening, this is 100% accurate. I have seen the screenshots. I know exactly what's happening right here. And it is bonkers how bold people are. Because I'm sitting here, I, I'm asking Sean, like, you know, it, surely this is not everybody. You have to understand, I don't, I've never used a dating app. I'm too old for that. I've been married too long for that. Right. It like it wasn't a thing when I was single. Okay. So I don't know how they work. I don't understand uh how bold people may or may not be, other than what my friends have told me or stuff that comes out on social media or uh, you know, like is included in movies or something like that. But I don't have any personal experience to be able to say that I know for a fact how people may interact with each other. So at first I was like, oh, okay, Sean, you know, like this is, <laughs> this, maybe that's just one person. Maybe it's a bot, who knows? But there were multiple situations that kept coming up for you. And right. I so just... I'll read, read. read the shortest one. So yeah, read, read. we get the idea. So hello, how are you? I'm blank. I'm new on the dating sites. I'm looking for a serious long-term relationship that leads into marriage. Um, here's my WhatsApp number and we can chat later offline. Also, I have a daughter and I would appreciate if maybe you could help me um, pay for laundry. That is the right. shortest one. Yeah, right out the gate. You know, no, she's I not fucking around. The other ones were like, I want a husband and and immediately here's the process for getting me to america yeah yeah here's the process read that for one. To america read that yeah. one no 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 no. that one's it way, wasn't that that one's that way long. too long that one's way too long i mean okay well that's the that is the breakdown of it what she told me yeah to her credit she gave me the, the process of what needs to be done how to get yeah, a passport she's telling you what to do in like your introduction text right 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 out the gate so yeah one i mean i'm, I'm not a young man any means i'm i'm you know Pretty much almost 50, but you're I'm, 22. Stop. Okay. I wish. And I was recently the the divorced and a single parent. And yeah, man, it's hard. You know, it's it's no joke. And you know, dating apps are definitely not for me at all. Definitely not that one. That one's like the devil. Um <laughs> that one needs to go. That one needs to go away. But that's the thing, like, you know, some of the and that's another thing too, like you which I can't share here. Some of the women are clearly I mean, they're catfish profiles because they're not Filipinas. They're like, you know, they live in Utah or super, something. Super, super not Filipino. Yeah, super not Filipino. <laughs> Just from everything else on their profile, I'm like, well, he, mm, something's not adding up here. Yeah, 
They're, you know, it's not that they're mixed you or anything are like that. Tasty white girl. Yeah. You like that? No, she, she looked like she was straight up from Houston. hundred percent. Like born and raised Southern Belle. No, not Houston. even not even Houston because she didn't get enough sun. So like you can't even say Houston, <laughs> you know, Utah or you know Omaha or something Utah? like that. Yeah. No, I mean there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think no, it's great. Wrong with that. On a Filipino app, that's a little weird. Red flag. It is. It is <laughs> so, because she looked like somewhere from like Midwestern America. Right. So here's the thing, like you know, until all my lonely guys out there, you know, I know you guys are listening. Don't do it. <laughs> do not Don't do travel it. Travel okay? for sex. Like you know, um, yeah, just hey, go to one of these countries that have, you know, sex workers or not. Nah, just joking. But I, I get it. It's I mean, not just the fact of um, you're looking for you know, physical interaction, you know, you actually want to maybe have a connection with somebody, man, that's not the place, man. If you want to, I would recommend, um, from my experience, just go to the Philippines. They have amazing women that are, are great, that are real, that you can meet, that you can actually talk to. And, um, you'll have, save your money up, man. Don't go to those sites. Those, those apps are, are horrible. You know, I mean, like I said, they're looking, you might be going on there looking for a connection relationship. They're looking for sponsorship. That's how expensive it is. Um, to their credit, I don't know. like I said, I haven't ever participated in that uh, arena, but it the stigma is there that a good chunk of men who are looking at that whole thing that th right. that that's what they are looking for. They're looking for the quick fun. They're looking for the I mean, for lack of a better term, essentially a mail order bride, right? Yeah, no, no. And that's, I've that's... known one before. We could talk about this another time. I, my cousin and I worked with a legit mail order bride. She, she would tell us all the stories about it. She was very open and transparent. Well, we got to have her on the show. Um, but I yeah, don't, well, I don't, I don't have her information. Like that, it happens where people, where the guys are doing that though, where they look oh, yeah, to yeah. places like so, the Philippines, Thailand, Colombia, yeah. um, like other countries where sex for trade or sex as an industry is more acceptable publicly. Right. Like, I had people that I knew that would go to Thailand for that purpose. For for the only purpose was sex tourism. Uh, and yeah. I'd just be sitting there like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah. I understand that you are sharing with me. Thank you for the information that I have already received. <laughs> it is done now. I do not want <laughs> any more. <laughs> received. Please, no, I, dear God, I, I do you. not. You. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm not um, like I said, and I'm going back to the the wisdom of my grandmother. Rest in peace. Like, you know, um, whose fault is that? So if there's if there's out there, you know, and they're, you know, as far as on that app and they're requesting, you know, looking for quote unquote sponsorships, it's because people are successful at it. And there are others out there because they were so bold too. they're immediately asking you for money and telling you how to get them a visa. Like y'all haven't known each other for more than two texts. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's really crazy. So it was very jarring for that to to happen. 
And uh, I was not ready for that. You know, at first, you know, hey, being very transparent, like when it, at first I was like, man, I'm getting like a lot of messages. And then I started reading them like, holy shit, this is terrible. So because they like, think that you're a, like a Texas oil, uh, like a, bi- a baron, a Texas oil. Yeah, baron. there we yeah. go. That's the word. Yeah. I mean, um, I was gonna say icon, but yeah, yeah I quickly let them know that I am, I, I am not. So, um, for, and that's a perspective. Like I said, you know, um, it it did enlighten me, and I'm saying like how I was shocked by it. But you know, different cultures, man. You know, and they're doing what they have to do to help provide for their families. And if you know, men are open to allowing that to happen and want that to happen, then it seems to be a a mutual, um understanding you know and they move forward what they have so that was a huge jarring cultural thing like i said i knew about it but then immersing myself i'm like man i want nothing to do with this world at all like this is not anywhere that i want to be so if anyone um is thinking about going on there and you know if that's what you're looking for like man i've always wanted a mail order bride hey those apps you can make it happen pretty quick they exist you could do it right now yeah you can do it real quick um for the low low too so um, good luck with that. <laughs> but yeah, it was a uh, very shocking. And, and you know where I said all this is, um, you know, the sex trade and people that understand that if they get into um, something dangerous like drugs and hey, sex work is dangerous too. hell, um, you know, and also arguably more so because it's your body. Yeah, it's, it's direct contact. You're uh, you're interacting with somebody in a very intimate way, you know, um, with very minimal contact initially you know obviously there's places you can go where it can be vetted out and you know they can be safe and you know both parties can be safe but it's you know it's scary for both sides oh yeah like everybody does that they go to a mutual location where everything is sanitary everybody has a doctor's visit before they're cleared and then you go into this nice clean room (laughs) (laughs) no yeah it's actually opposite of everything you just said so no. um, yeah, it's it's here's here's X Y Z going down and here's some money. No, no, definitely. You know, I know that it's come out. We talked about before as far as um you know with COVID, and it came out there. <clears throat> you know how it's increasing like sixteen percent, and uh, you know the hospitals are seeing more of an increase of about you know twenty percent of the the people of the, the positive COVID testing and, and people going there right um but it's still not where it was but there's also other restrictions that people need to be aware of so like when you go to you know colombia mexico um hell pretty much anywhere in latin america but definitely colombia um yeah you need to be careful philippines thailand cambodia you gotta be careful of um well honestly not just getting uh sexually transmitted disease but also uh, getting drugged, getting killed, you know. Um, You're going right. really dark today. Just a little bit. But no, we want to make sure to keep our people safe, you know, just make sure that they're aware um, that, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy out there. So, yeah, you have to be uh, be careful. I mean, I even saw like a, a couple bulletins where they were saying, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't travel. I have a co-worker that actually he lives in the Medellin uh, Columbia and he was out with his wife and they were out you know drinking this is a crazy story to me he got drugged at a bar and like um with when he was with his wife and fell down the stairs and like busting and all his teeth got knocked out right 
So that's another thing too, is like, you know, people are getting drugged. Okay. When traveling, be aware of your surroundings. So you do not get drugged. Yeah. Oh yeah. Never leave your drink by itself. Hell, I mean, pretty much that was always my thing. That's how I usually get buzzed quicker too. Like if I had to go to the bathroom, I mean, I'm, I'm chugging my drink right then and there. You, know? you better uh, finish that drink. Yeah. 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 You know, for real, hundred percent. Cause if you leave it, you know, you, you might be uh, really regretting it pretty quickly and pretty soon. You know, and I know a, a lot of people are going to say this is unsanitary, but this is my experience that I have seen over and over again that women especially will bring the drinks into the bathroom because no. <clears throat> it is less of a risk to feel like you're being weird or gross or unsanitary to bring it into the restroom with you than it is to leave it unattended. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, um, so I'm like I said, either you're oh, gonna God. either you're gonna leave it or you're not. So, are you gonna chug it? Well, I guess so. There's three options. Are you gonna chug it? Are you gonna leave it? Or are you gonna bring it with you? And yeah, what exactly. many women would do, at, at least this was in San Diego. Uh, what a lot of people I saw doing in San Diego, we would bring, we would ask for a coaster, you know, just a little, you know, like the little disposable um, cardboard ones, right. That are everywhere. You would just ask for a coaster. You take it with you into the bathroom, put the coaster on top of it and just leave it there. No, that's, that's, hey, you got to do what you got to do to survive, no doubt. And then you, yeah, and then you're like, well, it's in the restroom, but you didn't feel as gross, I guess, about bringing a drink into the restroom because it had a coaster on top of it, <laughs> like you're protecting it, which you are, I guess. I don't know how scientific that is, but it's better than nothing. No, definitely. Like I said, I would chug it, and if you can't chug it, take it. You know, you can't take any chances. I, I didn't even want to put it on the person that I'm with. You know, not like I'm questioning them, but they can get distracted. Well, That's the whole thing. If someone's trying to drug you, you know, um, you know, if they're trying to drug a man, they're, you know, trying to rob you. You know, um, hell, it's a woman that's trying to rob you. You know, it's the you that's don't the whole even thing. No, some people want to drug a man just as much as they want to drug a woman. Hey, yo, it's getting dark. I, I, thought, I thought I was the one that was this getting is... dark. No, thing. It happens to every it happens across all borders. No, no, definitely. Like I said, the coworker, uh, male coworker, he was out with his wife having a dinner in uh, Medellin in like a real nicely said prestigious part of the city. And he got drugged, fell down the stairs, bust his mouth open. So um, it, it happens. And luckily his wife was able to get him out of there. But it's it's crazy, man. It's it's really, really scary. So why I said all this and hopefully you guys are still listening and <laughs> continue to listen to us is Lord, like, I'm not judging right anyone's lifestyle but what i was questioning was the the mindset of the families like being willing to accept yeah anything. that's the question is how do the families feel about it who know yeah like if you know that your daughter's out there selling her body or son she, or son yeah and that's another thing too they have and that was real disturbing like yeah or or your son who's let's say they were saying 16. Yeah. Or whatever age, you know, and they're selling themselves and yeah, you're not just getting money for groceries, but they're, you know, paying your bills, they're, you know, giving you money to go on travel, 
you know, to go on trips and you take it. I don't, I don't know. Like for me, I, I question that, you know, just as much as any of it, because um, I get it. You know, if the person's in it, they want to be able to do more and provide for their families, but why is their family taking it? That was kind of my whole thing, you know, like just like these women that are, you know, on the app that I was referring to or similar apps where they're, you know, mail order brides and they're, you know, putting their situation out there to where they can provide for their families. Obviously it's clearly understood there. So that was my whole thing is like, it's hard for me to process the acceptance of family. You know, you do things because you have to do things, but the acceptance of family was the one that I was having a challenge processing. But you're saying like, you know, to you, it's, it's not so hard to, to comprehend or what's your thoughts on it? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. I think this is going to have to be part two because we're already running late and I was about to go off into a whole nother rabbit hole. So maybe that's a good point to pause and we'll add this on to next week. All right. So yeah, we're going to go ahead. This is a cliffhanger here. Yeah. A real cliffhanger because this is a special episode. I know, but that's what I'm just saying. It's going to go into a whole nother rabbit hole and we're already like, we're already past due. Yeah. I'm going to let it roll. Man, she's putting you guys on a a, a special cliffhanger where we go into as far as like, are the families at fault? That's basically what she's saying, right? You know, are the families at fault? I'm going to go ahead and say for me. How are the fam, how much influence does the family have? How much should they have? And if they're if they're saying they're okay with it, what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's that's digging deep because to me, you know, the, the quickest thing that they'll say to defend whatever they're doing, you know, whether it's you know, sex, you know, whether it's drug, whether manipulation, whether all of the above, is they're doing it for their families, right? You know, that yeah, and if the families are aware and embracing it, how much falls on them? You know, so right. we can definitely dig into that more. But I positive we also talk about normal travel things about where to go, where to avoid uh, places to see um, when we come back for our next episode. Um, and we'll be looking forward to that in October um, because this is a special episode season preview season two. Man, so glad to have you guys continue to support us as we get darker and darker each and every episode. Uh, man, good stuff. I love it. But yeah, seriously, Liz, uh, go ahead and close it out for us and uh, let the people know where they can hear more of our amazing content. Yeah, so we've been posting on Spotify um, as well as iHeartRadio. Sean has a whole list of all of the other places that he's been additionally linking into. I have been... Uh, getting everything um, loaded into Facebook and commenting and Sean's been um, commenting and, and putting together some things as well for us to do on Facebook. So, you know, if you want to find it, Facebook is like the way to figure out where is the episode at right then, because we have run into a couple issues where sometimes Spotify isn't working or iHeartRadio isn't the most advantageous or something. But anytime you want to look something up or send us a message or contact us, then the Facebook page is easily the best one. And it's just finding ourselves 
Um, if you just look it up on Facebook, then you'll be able to get to our page and send us some messages. Let us know if there's anything else. I've gotten a couple of uh, comments and requests for things that I'm putting a list together for season two that we can talk about and incorporate into the show. So let us know. We're here. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome stuff as always, Liz. We appreciate you. And we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, yeah, you know, we want to definitely hear your feedback as we continue to grow the channel and learn more about it. Like one thing that I, I say that I've appreciated so much, it is kind of how different we are. And we're going from our perspective as far as traveling and uh, looking forward because travel is so, so important to me and uh, such a big part of my life. And I wish it was a bigger part. But, you know, the closest thing for that to happen is this channel and this opportunity to share my experiences with you guys. And hopefully you're able to find your, you know, amazing paradise, your escape, your oasis, wherever that is. And, uh, you know, good luck to you finding that and finding yourselves in such a special way and maybe a place uh, you didn't think you would. You know, there's a lot of opportunities to go out there and travel. And whether it's a weekend getaway or it's a week in Guatemala, had to mention them. Shout out to them every episode. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate you guys so much and you guys have a great rest of the week. Be looking forward to our official return October and be looking on the website when it officially drops on the actual date. Uh, we'll be continuing to put content out there, but the season two will officially start in October. This is just a little preview teaser. If you don't mind a little pleaser, see you next time.
you know, but we're just. Jesus.